kilometers away. Swiss by birth, Dr. Messerly nonetheless spoke an impeccable, if heavily accented, English. Her W's masqueraded as V's, and her vowels were as open and elongated as parabolic arches. What do you think, Anna? She'd often ask, usually when Anna was least likely to give an honest answer. There was a television commercial that promoted a well-known language school. In the ad, a novice naval radio operator is shown to his post by his commanding officer. Seconds into his watch, the receiver pings. Mayday, mayday, a markedly American voice grates through the speaker. Can you hear us? We are sinking, we are sinking. The operator pauses, then leans towards his transmitter and replies, quite graciously, This is the German Coast Guard. And then, What are you thinking about? Anna would invariably shrug a sluggard's shrug and speak the only words that seemed worth speaking. I don't know. Except, of course, Anna most always did. It was a drizzly afternoon. Swiss weather is mutable, though rarely extreme in Canton Zurich, and typically not in September. It was September, for Anna's sons had already returned to school. From the station, Anna walked slowly the culpable half-kilometer up Dietlikon's center street, lingering over shop windows, biding small bits of time. All postcoital euphorics had evaporated, and she was left with the reins of ennui, slack in her hand. This wasn't a feeling she was new to. It was often like this, a languor that dragged and jaded. The optometrist's on-sale eyeglass display dulled her. She yawned at the apotheca's pyramid of homeopathic remedies. The bin of discount dish towels by the spar bored her nearly beyond repair. Boredom, like the trains, carried Anna through her days. Is that true? Anna thought. That can't be entirely true. It wasn't. An hour earlier, Anna lay naked, wet, and open, atop a stranger's bed in an apartment in Zurich's Niederdorf district, four stories above the old town's wending alleys and mortared stone streets, upon which kiosks vended doner kebabs and bistros served communal pots of melted emmental. What little shame I had before is gone, she thought. Is there a difference between shame and guilt? Anna asked. Shame is psychic extortion, Dr. Messerly answered. Shame lies. Shame a woman and she will believe she is fundamentally wrong, organically delinquent. The only confidence she will have will be in her failures. You will never convince her otherwise. It was almost 3 p.m. when Anna reached her son's school. Primar Schuledorf was positioned next to the town square, between the library and a 300-year-old house. A month earlier on the Swiss national holiday, the square was thick with citizens eating sausages and swaying like drunkards to the live music of a folk band under a sky made bright with fireworks. During army maneuvers, soldiers parked supply trucks in sloppy diagonals next to the square's central fountain, which on summer days would be filled with splashing naked children whose mothers sat on nearby benches, reading books and eating yogurt. 
Bruno had finished his reserve duty years earlier. All that was left of the experience was an assault rifle in the basement. As for Anna, she didn't care for paperbacks, and when her sons wanted to swim, she took them to the city pool. That day, the traffic in the square was thin. A trio of women chatted in front of the library. One pushed a stroller, another held a leash at the end of which panted a German shepherd, and a final one simply stood with empty hands. They were mothers waiting on their children, and they were younger than Anna by a factor of ten years. They were milky and buoyant in places where Anna felt curdled and sunken. They wore upon their faces, Anna thought, a luminous ease of being, a relaxed comportment, a native glow. Anna rarely felt at ease inside her skin. I am tight-faced and thirty-seven years, Anna thought. I am the sum of all my twitches.